but it has to be the right rhythm. Correct. Which so is I was trying to be count. like. You ever heard of a quarter like natural note? counting rhythm? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, <clears throat> hello. So uh, I was just reading the New York Ass Times for the first time in a pretty long time. Oh. Uh, it sounds like you guys are going to lock down again, Mazel. Where? What is this? What? New York City. No. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo said he's making you do it. When did this happen? Like five seconds ago? I don't know. I saw it announced earlier today on Reddit, and then I was just checking the New York Times, and I, I couldn't confirm it because you, you jumped on the line. But uh, I think you, you are. Know you can minimize screens and tool well, around on the internet. I, while listen, you do I'm a Zoom call. I'm trying to respect you and and also be professional and not you know surf the internet like someone's doing right now. Audience, I'm trying to look at your 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 source of your trash news because I'm like, oh boy, because California's just like done. Oh wait, never mind. Oh, what do you mean California's done? Explain yourself. Like they. Uh, they shut down already. They're done. Oh, okay. Like, so you guys like, are no, probably no, next. no, thank you. Well, I think at this it's point, funny it's that I click on this article and then it says, "Thank you for reading the Times. You've reached your limit." I'm like, "This is important information for life. What are you doing?" That is true. It does seem like the COVID thing should be uh, unpaywalled. They should be that's out. That's a freebie, right? The thing. Yeah. yeah, but maybe they just don't do that anymore because everybody forgot about it and nobody cares. Well, apparently, except for New York and California, the lib cuck states. Have fun out there, guys. At least you'll have some time well, off work. I mean, whatever. It's not the worst thing. It's really not when you think about it. In the middle of December when you're like, okay, great. This is when we make up all the money that we didn't make. And then it's like, oh, but wait, JK. Yeah, I so. heard that uh, retail retail shopping was down 52% from last year. But online shopping was way, way up. As that was traffic. That was different. It was so different. the footsteps overall were down by fifty. So then you. But take the money was the same. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Absolutely not. Fifty would be generous, but I don't know. Uh, so other than that, what were you perusing? I, I was sending you things today. I don't know why. I was just like, hmm. I have some content on my phone. I'm gonna I'm gonna go dump it real quick. So. Well, maybe we can talk about some of it. But no, I was perusing the New York Times. Uh, well, because I was trying to get some politics in. I haven't really been thinking about it too much. And, uh, wow, the New York Times is scaring me more about the Joe Biden administration than I ever could have possibly imagined. Oh, with his broken foot? Well, there was a, there was, oh, yeah, I forgot that he uh, was chasing around his dog in the yard and broke his foot. That's not a good sign. He's going to die. He's going to die of some, like, myocardial infarction. Who was the guy who, like, got a cold and died? Oh, William Henry Harrison. That would be hilarious. If Biden, William Henry Harrison's himself, you know what? That's a pretty good theory, I think. You know, the dumbest possible thing and funniest is usually the result lately. So I think we're good. Take the worst but most hilarious option. We're going with that one. You heard it here first. William Henry Harrison 2. Joseph. Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Boogaloo Biden. It's going down. But, but no, the Times, I mean, boy, oh boy, um, all the fake articles from like three or four months ago are coming real now. So there was one that was uh, about how he needs to nominate a black woman as Secretary of Defense uh, because that would be meaningful somehow, you know. More female war criminals, right? <laughs> yeah. We love it, folks, don't we? 
So that was one, and then there was a there was another op-ed by uh, Thomas Friedman talking about how uh, how great it was that Trump pulled out of the Middle East and uh, that maybe Joe Biden should get back in there and start uh, fucking things up again. So I love that the warmongering is happening already. I love that it's going to be literally the meme of the airplane with a rainbow flag and a trans flag on it, dropping bombs. Um, and the New York Times is loving it. We love it. You have to paint it a rainbow so that way it reflects the light so it's invisible you know like it's kind of like the like getting those like not the vanta black but the like green black that's supposed to be blacker than black or whatever yeah it's like those world war one ships they call that dazzle camouflage yeah but yeah you're literally razzle dazzling people oh yeah but now we're just getting ready to go down to the pulse nightclub afterwards and uh okay Sorry, I'm a little no. hyper, hyper tonight. I feel like we haven't podcasted in a long time. Is that true? It feels like it's been more than a week for whatever reason. Long pause. I think it was less than a week. Sorry. Again, getting very stoned right now. <laughs> it's washing over me. Yeah, I don't know if that was clear so to the late. listeners before, but uh, Will took a little took a little six milligram Eddie and did, wasn't sure he wanted to do this. So if he's moving a little slow. <laughs> it might take a while. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> expect delays. Um Wait, what were you? What were we saying? You don't even remember what I was talking about? Oh boy! Oh Jesus! Uh, it's not. It's not important. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, the razzle dazzle. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. That's as far as. I, oh God, this might be. We might have to not. No, I like this. I like this a lot, actually. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. No, it's fine. It's fine. We shouldn't have mentioned it because now you're going to be self-conscious about it the whole time. I don't think anybody <laughs> eh, would have known okay. otherwise. Mm, uh, I don't know about that. I would have known because I wouldn't been, have been able to like speak with any sort of cogency. Um, not that that's any different. I mean, the only news things that I saw was, uh, you know, the joy that is Roberta's shutting down for COVID. But let's not talk about that. COVID boring. Um, yeah, that's true. It is boring. We're done with it now. We don't need to talk about it. See, the thing is, I haven't experienced a lot of news lately because I've been logged off, man. I'm just living my life. It feels good. You know, what do you wait? What do you do when you're not six hours on Starcraft and uh, Wikipedia? Oh, I haven't played any Starcraft either. And I've been on Wikipedia only a little bit. I mean, it was a busy weekend, man, because it was holiday time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I was deep frying turkeys. Uh, it was a friend of mine's birthday. We went on a hike, you know, did a wholesome activity like that. And then uh, we uh, the next night had a follow up activity of having a fire and playing some wolf. That's very um that is truly midwestern 30 year olds. Yes, it, of it, you. it is and it was great. You know, but so I I haven't been paying attention and also you know nobody here will let me talk about politics. They're like hey, 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 hey. no. Wait, wait. And you respect the boundary of the no? Yeah, I feel like y- hmm, you know because <laughs> even though I've known all my friends here for many many years, I still have that sensation of being new in town, you know. And I'm meeting some of their friends that I only know vaguely and things like this. So I don't feel I don't feel like I'm the king of the castle out here. I can't uh, I cannot compel anyone to listen to monologues that they don't want to except in this space right now. And with you being high and unable to speak, I get to talk for an hour, baby. No, I would would interrupt with frequency because (laughs) I would be confused and it would take turns. And we'd be like, (laughs) how did we get here? Um no, it's. Uh, but do you know what other, I'm? Sa- the other thing. Do you what? know what I'm saying is that, is that I can't uh, I can't get in people's faces, so I do respect it. Yes. 
Yeah, you can't do that while you're trying to re-ingratiate yourselves through a community, you know? Correct. I'm also asking a lot of everybody at this moment because I'm essentially unemployed and don't have any money. So, you know, there's I'm I'm really I'm doing the old Trevor Marzella maneuver where I'm I'm bumming an awful lot of couches and rides and stuff like this. So, I rides. Not because oh, you not, don't have car. It, well, yeah, my my car is not my car. So, right, right, right. Okay. Hmm. That makes sense. I Which, mean, by the way, you man, kind of have to do that, but yeah, no, I know. I like I like I said one other time on here. I'm not ashamed of it or anything. It's just that it it, it does change uh, the incentives that you have and what you can do with other people, even conversationally. Interestingly enough, fair. Yeah. What were you gonna say though? You had another topic you wanted to deliver. Italian X. Oh no, I was gonna talk about how your your beloved Stonk Palantir is now a, a, allegedly a full blown casino. Oh, d- don't um, worry, don't worry, baby. I got in way before it was a casino. It can do whatever it wants at this point, and I'm still making money. It goes okay. up, down, well, sideways, and I'm still making money. In fact, I tried to get Ron to buy Palantir today. Hilariously enough. <laughs> And he looked at oh it, and boy. the first thing he saw under the... You know when you Google a stock, you see the uh, ticker immediately. And then right under that are articles about it. And the first article was the one you're referring to, which said full-blown casino. And he was like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, not for me. No, no, no. Not, He's nope. on the verge of retirement. Going to the casino with <laughs> yeah, yeah. gambling funds. Yeah, no. Or retirement funds, rather. Um, I mean, I'm happy no, you brought this up, Will, because I was going to try and restrain myself. Uh because it's douchey talk, but um, I'm doing I'm doing real good on the Robinhood account, man. I got to tell you, I think I'm going to be a day trader before long, and I won't what have to have, have like a job. Fifteen more dollars than you did. Uh, no, ago? no, try eight hundred dollars more than I had three weeks ago. It's not bad. I got to tell you, forty percent gains. Do the math. It's not terrible. No, it's very good, but I'm probably going to lose it all. Let's be real. I mean, yeah, it's I, beginner's I feel luck. Like you, once when you hit that like. 1k mark then just like cash out and be like okay we'll we'll do a quick hold on this real quick well my goal is i want to get to 10k because i feel like that would be meaningful and then i'm going to try and stop and maybe pay down some debt with that but uh or get a car something that is literally you gambling is faster uh maybe this is just like what you're describing is gambling if i just go and i hit that 10k i'll cash out and then i'll stop it's like well you know you you're right on the nose there because I feel like I got to watch it because I think that the, excuse me, I think that Robin Hood is becoming a new fixation for me because I haven't been drinking as much. I haven't been smoking as much since I've been out here. Partly, I think, due to the medication that we talked about last time and partly just that the culture of Ohio is not conducive to these things. I mean, if you're doing someone's birthday or you're doing a holiday, of course, everybody's drinking and you sort of figure it out at the end of the mm-hmm. night but you can't like go have a couple of drinks and then drive 45 minutes home at least i don't want to do that so no one should do that no no one should do that and i've cut way down on everything but i've had to find another spot to get addicted to something and it's gambling now so <laughs> if there <laughs> that's the worst that's actually the worst trade-off if there's that's anything terrible. that's more ruinous potentially than drugs yeah. and alcohol. It is uh, losing all your money on the stonk market. And baby, I'm right in there. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, boy. Okay. I've been obsessed. I've been watching stock market movies. I watched Wolf of Wall Street and I watched The Big Short because I can't stop thinking about it. All I see in my head all day are uh, are what are referred to as Japanese candlesticks. Red and green going up and down, up and down, up and down. You know? 
You know what I'm saying, what? dog? Why why did they have to be racist candlesticks? I don't understand. They're themselves. not racist. They were just invented by a Japanese man. Uh-huh. It's a form it of respectaroo. Wow, this one is really this one is really going off the rails. But like I said, I'm enjoying it. I'm up. You're you're sort of just down and giggly. It's easy to make you laugh. I can just keep talking, baby. You have no you have no chance to it's jump so in. It's so bad. It's so bad. No, it's because like my brain is kind of like slowing down time in the stupid way, and I'm like, oh no, oh, I'm no. watching everything go by, and I'm like, uh, catch up, brain. Oh wait, so let me ask you it's a question. You took this edible at three thirty. You said. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's, seven o'clock. Is it just kicking in now? I don't fully understand. I feel like, yeah, for like two hours I was like, oh, my back doesn't hurt. And now all of a sudden I'm like, like I was doing dishes like at six, six fifteen, And it was like, oh, this feels a different way. Like after I ate, it was like, boom. I was like, fuck. I'm sure you've done this, but I'll ask it in the form of a question. Have you ever done that thing where you have like maybe three or four glasses of wine by yourself? You're just bumming around at home watching TV or something. And then you get up to do something and you're like, oh, oh yeah. shit. I think like, the marijuana oopsies. has that effect quite often where you don't really realize how high you are until you have to do something. And then you're yes. like, rut row. What is my name? <laughs> well, I was like, I was like watching uh, YouTube for a little bit. And then I was like, all of a sudden, like in a snap, everything got really bright. I was like, "Uh oh, this isn't good. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the edibles are strong enough that they border on uh, boom boom sometimes, you know? On what? On mushrooms. I got to tell you, I'm sensitive enough to the edibles that I think they're adjacent to hallucinogens. They're not quite that powerful, but like when you said that the screen gets brighter, oh, yes. I am familiar with that effect. And it's quite enjoyable. It was because I was like, oh, I'm floaty. But now I'm like, oh, I have to do an activity. (laughs) Shit. Oh, it's okay. Don't wor- don't worry about it. You're doing great. You're doing great. Well, or we we can talk about uh, Darth Vader actor, the man underneath the suit, died. Oh, uh, can, do you remember his name right now? Uh, I took a screenshot because I was like, interesting. Oh boy, here we go. Will's high and looking for a screenshot. Does it? <laughs> does anybody in the audience want to <laughs> guess how one. long this Dave pause Prowse. is going to be? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a bodybuilder, if I remember correctly, and uh, he looked like a scrawny Englishman. Well, he probably is now. I don't think bodybuilders tend no. to age very well. That kind of fucks you up. Do they like up. turn into like a banana? Like it gets mushy and then... I, you know, I think they turn into more like a prune where your muscles sort of are still there, but they contract and they like almost break your bones. They like turn you into a, like a little golem. I, I don't know. I listened to an interview on Rogan with another bodybuilder, or rather I should say I watched it on YouTube, and he was a six-year-old man and like... All of his weightlifting had led to multiple spinal surgeries. Like he had all sorts of joint problems. I mean, it's it's incredibly unhealthy in the long run. So, so you're saying exercise is bad? Yeah, I mean, if you want to frame it that way, I just got in the gym tonight for the first time in uh, three, almost four weeks because of the coronavirus. And I got to tell you, you, my lung capacity probably will be out of it for another three weeks again. Yeah, well, you know, if I had my way, but Ron keeps me motivated. We keep each other motivated. But I do have to tell you guys, I've been saying, oh, coronavirus, it's no big fucking deal. You know, you just feel tired. It was fine. My lung capacity is diminished. Now, it's hard for me to say whether that was COVID, whether that was the vape, or whether that was the entire pack of cigarettes I smoked two nights ago. So, you know, I don't know. I'll leave it up to the medical field and professionals to decide this. But 
I kind of think e, it was all coronavirus. Of the above. <laughs> no, no. I think it's E all of the no. above. No, it's not. There's no multiple choice on this test. It has to be one or the other thing. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, those those are not how are those related? In what way? <laughs> uh, hmm. well, I don't even think like you use the same like pipe in your throat when you do those things. Okay, no. Um, what is it like? Seventy percent of your lung capacity comes back after like thirty days or something, or seventy days. You're at like seventy-five percent. Are you talking about COVID now or quitting smoking? I'm legitimately confused. smoking. I believe it's after like thirty days. It's a lot shorter than you imagine. You get a lot of your capacity back. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I'm going to go with at least, like, the primary one was the pe- entire pack of cigarettes two days before. Hmm. Okay, okay, fine. Well, I'll have to consult then, my physician, and I'll get back to you. Okay, sure. What are they going to do? Did you ever have to do the, like, air test to be, like, like, if you had, like, a chest cold thing, they would just medicate you with, like, a a deep, like, throat vaporizer? You know, I don't think I ever did a test of any kind or any, like, in-office procedure, but I had been treated with inhalers a couple of times. Take-home ones that were the, like, pump-action, typical kind. Oh, no, that, no, it's not that. It's more like a, like, you're literally just shoving, like, uh, I don't know what to call it, but, like, it's like a giant hookah, but it's some sort of medicated oxygen. And you just suck it down. They're like, breathe deeply. And you're like, okay. Wow, this sounds awesome. Does it taste like watermelon? No, it didn't. I don't <laughs> remember it tasting like anything. You, like you, don't get served, you don't get served it by a Pakistani man when you're uh, only 14 years old? This sounds pretty what? cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, you didn't have this experience because you've always been an old man. I guess until now because you're getting stoned all the time. I don't know what happened. At some point, at some point, Will went to Los Angeles, and now uh, now you're a stoner because they have a Mad Men sort of themed uh, dispensary that really caught your attention. They were able to scale up from hippie to mod, and Will said, this is great. Now I can be a stoner in my 30s. <laughs> But anyway, Them, when you put it like that, it sounds sad. Oh, I now anyway. I don't remember where I was going with that. I was I got too caught up making fun of you. What God. the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah, in the early two thousands, when I was a child and you were an old man, prior to your stony yeah, days, yeah, hookah and hookah, hookah bars, and such. Yes, that was one of the first locations that you could go and both smoke and drink way, way, way underage. I don't know why that was, but that was almost universal in this area, in the Cleveland area. Uh, we had one particular spot. There was only spot. one place that I knew of. Well, there was a place near where we went to college um, at the, on the ground floor of an apartment building. Is that what you're referring to? I forget what mm-hmm. it was called. Oh, okay. Well, no, there was a lot of them, man. There were several, especially around 2005. I would say that was Pekuka. Title of that. That was... Ugh. Um, I mean, that was a certain brand of going to college and being 18 in that era. It, like, seemed ethnic or, so- like, some sort of authentic experience, even though, like, everyone's just like, no, we're making the best amount of money off of these stupid white kids. Oh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure that hookahs are traditionally, like, a North African or Middle Eastern device. And oh, yeah. it was exclusively Pakistani, in- Indian, and Bangladeshi guys that serviced these establishments. Well, but you know, back in 2005, people didn't know the difference. No, people also would ju- they would just like hang like a swirly uh, scarf or something on the window and be like, "Look, hookah bar. This is the decor." 
yeah because yeah. it just had to look a little hippie-ish it had to look non-distinctly ethnic but just hippie in general it had to look enough like a dorm room to make the target clientele feel comfortable but it had to be slightly yes. upscale from that uh in order to project adulthood i think yeah more glass tabletops and yes. black leather and too loud music i mean all music in, in bars and clubs is too loud but again old i always thought that i was like why is it so fucking loud this is going to be sort of racist adjacent, but I think I'm remembering it as louder than it was because a lot of that music is that sort of wailing like, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm just saying everybody knows that that's true. You know, you can accuse me of whatever you want, but come on. If you've ever been to a hookah bar, you know, I'm right. I mean, I can proudly say I've never been in one. I've walked by many, but, you know. Oh, wow. No, never. Mm-mm. Uh, No, no. It always sounded gross. Like it's just like even back then, it's like is anyone cleaning the pipes after people use them? Oh, dude, no, no, absolutely not. It That's was disgusting. It was a disease-ridden sky Ugh. hive of scum and villainy. You know, it seems like it seems like in a hookah bar, no matter where you are in the country, if it's open, someone's getting a hand job under the table. Yeah, I would say that's true. I would say seven out of ten times that's true. Every day, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, okay. agreed. Once again, wretched hive of scum and villainy, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Actually, someone would make a killing if they just did, like, a Moss Eisley. Should that be a Green and Lewis t-shirt, a picture of a hookah that says wretched hive of scum and villainy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you being associated with that for the rest of your life. How does that make you feel? Not very good. <laughs> um, I mean, you, there's a way to do it. You have the three little, like, players. You, Will, Will you have to remember, I know you're high, but you're on a podcast, and you do gest- <laughs> gestures on Zoom. I had to do Zoom. the action, and then, yeah. Does s- not appear on the microphone. <laughs> so, you know the, like, oboe players, the, like, alien oboe players? Yes. And then you do them in, like, silhouette in the back. Like that's, a- f- uh, that's Figrin, Dan, and the modal nodes. Modal nodes. That should be checked by a doctor. And the music is called Jizz. And I'm not making. Oh that yeah, up. that's right. <laughs> uh, you do like the silhouettes of them in the background, three in a row, and then you do the like graphic outline of the hookah, and then it's like a weird like. Uh, you can kind of subvert the like. Ooh, is that racially tinged or is it just kind of stupid? And then you just lean towards the stupid. I like where you're going with this, but let's let's refine it a little bit. Can I pitch one at you? Hmm. Okay, so you got Figur and Dan in the modal nodes, and it's a silhouette. I like that a lot. Now, instead of playing the space oboe, the silhouette form is puffing on a hookah. Yes, that works too. Boom. Then you got it. It's all one nice graphic image. You know, Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy. I don't even think it needs uh, the tagline at that point. Then it's just a terrible, (laughs) terrible graphic. Alicia P, email the podcast and let us know if you would wear this. We'll make Oh, my God. It. Okay. Is this all an after show? No. <laughs> I think the whole show is kind of an after show at this point. We've been we've been flipping and reversing what we put out and what we don't. I don't know. Who cares, man? What's oh, the yeah, difference? I, I know. You just said record all of them. I'm like, okay, whatever. Pick one. Yeah. Pick a conversation. Load it to the world. Who cares? Yeah, whichever one's better. Ugh. But in this case, this one's definitely going out. we got to give the people what they want, which is stoned will with t-shirt musings that was a good t-shirt though because i had an image in my mind of like a heathered gray t-shirt and then just graphic black and i was like that looks pretty good see see that's not bad 
Um, I did want to say though, back to hookah bars being gross, and especially, yes. uh, especially because of our newfound knowledge of respiration in this country. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was watching The Big Short the other night, have you ever you ever seen that movie or no? Oh no. Jesus, you've never seen anything, but hopefully some of the listeners have. But anyway, Brad most Pitt, people have. I just won't. Brad Pitt's character in that movie is um supposed to look like a real freak and a weirdo because he wears a mask in public and puts hand sanitizer on. Oh, well. And it's a movie from 2015. So it's the most bizarre thing in the world to see that played for yucks, you know? And it just totally doesn't work at all anymore. And you're like, oh, there's only one normal person in this shot. Like, I, you know, I had to double take watching the movie for a split second and go, oh, they're not, they're not signifying not that today. there's a pandemic not, yeah. here. They are signifying that this is hilarious and why would you ever do that? It's an interesting message to send. The, the oddness of the mask or... Yeah, like that disconnect between something that is that sh- was supposed to be a timeless joke that is forever ruined, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, there will be a time where people will be like, we're not doing it anymore. Um, but, like, at this point, like, if I see someone without a mask in public, that like, if I don't know them, I'm like, what is this? Why do I see this weird part of you? And I'm like, oh, why do you look weird? You have a mouth and a nose. And I, I don't think I like to see all of that together. It's actually kind of gross. Well, yeah. He, I mean, human faces are disgusting. If we didn't just have a biological connection to what human bodies look like, you would think it would, you know, you would think it was as freaky as an octopus looks and feels. Oh, well, especially yeah. a human head. I mean, think it. You know, this is really stone talk right now. I'm, I'm getting on your level. Have you ever really thought about your ears? Uh, yeah. Because when you stack a bunch of, you know, things on them, like glasses, a mask like a headphones and a hair i'm like fuck these ears why do we have these these shouldn't even be here what what are these appendages you know interestingly i think that came to mind for me because now that we're doing these i mean we've been wearing the headphones with each other for a while but i would see you a lot of other times without them on i bet for you and i if we see each other's ears at this point it's going to be weird do, do you pay that close of attention to anyone's ears unless they're like fully sticking out of their head i don't pay that close of attention to anyone period I'm okay. busy in my mind palace, <laughs> thinking about Joe right, Biden. Okay, quite a palace. Is it beige in there? It seems beige. Um, it's taupe. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It this. looks like a hospital uh, hallway. <laughs> oh, um, shiny linoleum. Uh, I yeah. literally had a dream about the stonk ticker going up and down last night. I woke up in the morning and it was the first time in a long time I'd felt shame. The first time? Oh, wow. Well, I've felt shame for other reasons that were like legitimate, but they weren't as they weren't as penetrating and embarrassing as when I woke up and I was like, did that really happen? And I was like, it did. I thought I was awake and I was just looking at Robin Hood in my dreams. That's pathetic. Yeah, the mundane is real. I don't know what to tell you. It'll seep in uh, to all sorts of aspects. But, of you know, I, 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 I don't think I've ever had a dream, for example, about drinking. I've never had a dream that I was drunk in. Like, is that even possible? I don't think so. Mm, probably not. I've never had a dream where I was high in it. I'd be really curious to hear from the listeners if if people, especially people that are like daily pot smokers or really, really heavy drinkers. I mean, I was a really heavy drinker. And that never happened. I was never fucked I up in dreams the dreams where I would be smoking. Yeah, but that but that's more like just a thing you're doing. It has a lot less to do with 
mental state. You know, you could be writing a letter or whatever. Yeah, it has nothing to do with your mental state. Like, I'm just curious about this because it would be really disorienting, I think, to have a dream where you were stoned in it. Like, it would be scary, kind of. It would be hard for your brain to do that by itself. Right. Because I don't think it can do those connections unless there's an additive. Right. You would, yes. You would have to be releasing those chemicals on your own somehow. Yeah. Which I don't think your subconscious brain can do. Well, I don't know. Not a neurologist. Shit. I'm probably going to get this somewhat wrong because I'm just parodying, parodying, parodying something that I heard on Joe Rogan like three years ago. You were parodying something that you're parodying. Yes, Yes. I understand. Uh, DMT exists in your body already. And so when you take more of it, all it's doing is activating the DMT that's already in your brain. And I wonder if there's any element of that 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 has to do with other drugs too. Because they're just amino acid chains, you know what I mean? Like THC or whatever. So like, you have all that stuff in your body, probably just not in a high enough concentration or the right combination. But if your brain could trick itself, you yeah, you could probably do it. You could probably yeah, be high. Maybe like a daily stoner could maybe do that. I don't know. Depending on how much of it's floating around. I'm curious about one of your studio mates who I believe still listens to the podcast. Wink, wink. If you're out there, tell us. One of my studio mates? Yes. Think about it. I don't have, I've never had studio. What are you talking about? I'm so confused. Well, I'm not, I'm going to cut this part out, but I'm just going to help you along. Okay. Okay. You still with me? You do have studio mates because yes, you have a door in your studio, but there's other people in your building, correct? Oh, got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Noted. Yes. Oh, studio. Okay. (laughs) I'm thinking of like shared in the same space and I'm like, I don't have any. What are you talking about? Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) What minute are we at? Oh, uh uh-oh. It's not very long. Sorry, audience. You probably uh, just heard an abrupt cut at around the 30-minute mark, and you were like, what happened there? And I'm not going to tell <laughs> you, but but uh, let's just say if the second I half of this episode... had to be walked through a door. Yeah. <laughs> it was a barn-sized door. Oh, <laughs> boy. A while. Yeah, Jim Morrison. Anyway. Mm. Um, no, sp- while you're in that white in that special white room with mr biden what do you what do you think of all this i've been seeing a lot of like articles about like why student debt repayment or absolution is bad and it's always by people who are like phds in economics but they're not done and i'm like yeah how did you get that far in that particular field and you have what i'm confused um, I think that I think that economists especially would make the argument that if you eliminate that entire sector of the economy, you're you're going to accidentally create knock on effects. Like, for example, what happens to all the collectors of those debts and those agencies and all the middlemen involved and all of the um, all of the debt that's been defaulted on that gets organized into like collateralized debt obligations that are then sold, things like this. Like it's complicated economically legitimately complicated because you're going to collapse those other markets i would guess that that's what their argument is if they're being sophisticated about it if they're not being sophisticated about it their argument is basically a moral one which says that uh you need to pay off your debt because it's good for you or something and like other people did it so if you don't do it you're a failure like those are kind of the two versions of the argument does that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the ones that I keep reading are like, no, we have to do it because what if, you know, Surgeon A has $50,000 left and then Surgeon B already paid it off? 
uh, why does Surgeon A get a fifty thousand dollar like payout or something? I was like, what are you talking? What? Okay, the two surgeons thing. What? And B, like, you think that they're going to com- be competing? I don't understand. Like, it, it all seems in this moral, like, ethical, like, well, we have to do what's right. And I'm like, why? What? Mm, why? Why is it editorial about what's right? I don't understand. Well, I mean, that's it's the it's the same problem that I have with the um, more female war criminals position. I mean, why are you making something that is fundamentally um, let's not even say immoral, but just fundamentally flawed and obviously causing like systemic societal problems at its core? Why are you treating mm-hmm. that as a matter of morality? It's really a long way past morality at this point. Yeah. So in the student loan example, it's like, okay, you could make a moral argument that uh, some people are paying it off and others aren't, right? So it's not fair, I guess, to the people that are paying off their loans. That's a big part of this stuff. But you're ignoring the fact that what is the student loan industry these days in the first place? You are tricking 17-year-olds who have no financial understanding into a a lifetime of debt slavery. So what about that morality? So I don't understand how you can like make this sort of sub argument about the morality of the payers when it's not an individual problem. It's a collective systemic problem of fraud and trickery. I think yes. that's a lot bigger of a deal than who's paying it off or not. And I'm so sorry if you're a doctor and you had to spend $50,000 on your student loans and didn't get it for free. Like, whatever. You should care that your society's improved even though you did that. And if you don't yeah. and you're not a, and you're not like able to grok that argument, you're just going to be a resentful Republican, which a lot of doctors are anyway. So why I do we ca- why do we care about these people? You know, yes. people that are salty well, about having to pay off their student loans are not on your side in the first place. So what? who cares? No. Well, this is why the other, then the third one was like, um, it's like, why are we letting stu- we have to reform the college system in terms of how things get paid for. So if people are really going into like the arts, they should be redirected toward something where they can make, you know, what they borrowed. I'm like, do you not understand Mr. Economist, uh, PhD candidate that if you then redirect all the people to the same four things, then you have a bunch of experts and then their value is lowered and then they're not going to be like what? Yes. I I was, I was like, what? I would have gone. I think there's two angles to this, but I think you pointed out the first and the obvious one that it is absolutely stupid coming from an economist, not, not to understand that, okay, you're making an argument that we should completely flood the labor market of like the STEM field, which is kind of already true to some extent, because there are a lot of smart 17 year olds that realize they don't want to go into debt if they're not going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, So yeah, you've kind of already done that. I don't, again, I don't know what your point is hypothetical guy uh yeah. but the second argument is that only makes sense if you view as education as something that is already a consumer commodity that is only there as future leverage um against a salary and has nothing to do with like simply improving yourself and the human condition writ large like if you're an economist that's making an argument that you want to live in a society without artists like okay fine uh yeah that was the part that i was like so you want everyone to do the same thing and you are basically assigning value to people not by anything other than their future earning potential that makes you a bad person 
Yeah, well, that is the liberal position, right? And when I say liberal in this case, I mean liberal with a capital L, not small L liberal, like as in a Democrat. I mean, like the Enlightenment project of liberalism. At the end of the day, this is Adam Smith, right? Like this is uh, uh, John Locke, like this is private property. And these people really do view individuals and the things that they do, even if they're intangible, like education, as merely commodities. The, you know, the old Margaret Thatcher line of there is no alternative. These people have internalized that and really believe it. And I think it's really hard for artists. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it's like my education was great and invaluable. I'm salty that I had to pay for it because I th- think that's holding me back from passing on what I learned to other people. It's I'm not salty about like my financial situation for uh, purely selfish reasons, although that's a big part of it too. I'm sad because it's actually limiting what I'm capable of doing with what I learned. But these people don't think in these terms. Like they don't think about sharing things as a common good. Um, They think about, well, you weren't successful enough at commodifying that into a saleable blue chip art career. Therefore you never should have done it. And that to me just sounds um, dumb. Well, so I don't informed is the nice way of saying it, but yeah. also like fuck that. Like no, it's it's dumb as shit because you're like, again, it's the scarcity thing of like why why are people in the arts unsuccessful? I mean, quote unquote, monetarily, whatever. It's like it's because it's not scarce. There are a lot of people who think and a lot of people who do a lot of things, but like it's a lottery, right? Like to a certain regard, like to match what someone like an eye banker makes all the time. So there's a lot more of them and a lot less of artists who are millionaires. Correct. And and also it is a lottery where the deck is completely stacked. Oh, I I mean because be, yes, because most more of those like bingo like you roll the like basket of number balls and then, you know, it's one out of the one out of 50. Yeah, I would say one out of fifty is but maybe, random, maybe even a high high estimate. Yeah, I mean, I, I take your point. I, I guess it's not really worth reiterating. We've talked about it a million times, but art is so closely connected to oligarchy and aristocracy, like historically, and it's you know at least for the last few hundred years, never broke that pattern. That yeah, m- most of the positions are going to well connected people, whether that's hereditary or uh, nepotistic. I, I don't know. You show me the difference between um, inheritance and nepotism. You know, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Good transition. Don't care. This is a good transition. So I was on 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 the artsy or artnet, one of these fuckers, um, and I was like, oh, artnet. So there's a thing where it was. So this is the title of this article, and it's stupid. Grant Gilbert, the mastermind behind the Cleveland Cavaliers' uh, partnership with Daniel Arsham, explores artnet galleries, and I was like. Gilbert. Yeah, he owns what? Yeah. Gilbert. Dan Gilbert owns the Cavs. Yeah. So now this fail, truly a fail son, the son who can't do anything, who's like 20 and just fucked out of college because he's like a little cool. He likes sneakers. Like, gets to have a daddy appointed creative director role. And then I'm like, what? This person did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. Good. Goddamn. And you're writing an article because the PR firm paid you to? Goddamn. Why? Well, right. Um, believe it or not, I think I can actually connect this back to the Biden family and the Trump family through a parallel example. There's only two types of fail sons, right? 
And Dan Gilbert's fail son that you're describing is one of these types. I would call him the archetypal Hunter Biden. Oh, yeah. There is the type of fail son that is rather sensitive to their position in society and has too much psychic pain to carry out what is necessary in order to carry on the family story. So in Dan Gilbert's case, that would mean uh, exploiting mostly young black men uh, for huge gains in athletics. In Joe Biden's case and in Hunter Biden's case, that would mean this is what uh, Joe's son, Bo, was doing, by the way. That would mean carrying on the neoliberal tradition of like going to war and uh, slaying your enemies, right? Whether that means in politics or literally with drones. Hunter Biden couldn't do that. So he did the more creative thing, which is the romanticism of doing drugs and destroying yourself. And Dan Gilbert's son did a, a similar thing without the destruction. He took the creative corporate path, right? Well, he was given a creative corporate path because daddy was like, you need a job. I guess I'll pay you somehow. And I'm sure his dad would have loved him to be an owner or a coach or something yeah. you know, more along the lines of what he was doing. But that was Or in possible. the family finance biz. So he gave him, yes, because ultimately at the end of the day, what is Dan Gilbert but a financier? He doesn't care about sports. So, yeah, so his son gets that job. But now the other type of fail son, Donald Trump Jr., the one that is inept but attempts to carry on the family tradition of hucksterism and grifting, right? And just does it in a fail-son sort of way, where he's laughable and ridiculous, and his father hates him, rather than loves him. The difference between Joe and Don is that one father loves their son and the other one doesn't, and that's how you end up with the two different kinds of fail-sons or daughters, right? And I would say Dan Gilbert loves his son, and his son was compliant enough to do something corporate, and you get that merger of sensitivity and artistic ability perhaps with that nepotism well what you're describing is classic prod prodigal son yeah arc like yes you're the you're the son who's always around you're fine but this one i don't get to see this one came back hey i like i liked him better anyway and you're like oh yeah that's right <laughs> right you know like in the biden example like bo biden was supposed to be the next president of the united states you know yeah probably and yeah. hunter couldn't live up to that right yeah i mean a similar thing happened in the kennedy family like jfk was never supposed to be the president it was his older brother who died in an air raid in world war ii and that just kind of changed the whole plan so sometimes that happens yeah but i mean you know that's equally as true in the art world as anywhere else so somebody yeah. like um, Julian Schnabel and Vito Schnabel is a perfect example of this, actually, where the fail son went in the inverse direction. Inverse? Yeah, because Vito turned into oh. a gallerist and his father is the artist. At the end of the day, they're both business people. And obviously, Julian Schnabel is a great business person and is probably well, he's passing down his Rolodex to someone else of like, hi, do we want to keep this going here? Here's all the rich people I know. Yeah. Talk to them. Do Do handle that, you know? But at the end of the day, those circles get smaller and smaller and more incestuous and more incestuous. And as a result, more and more incompetent and useless. Like one of the reasons I think that elites in this country don't have noblesse oblige because they used to. I mean, for better or for worse, it's not that society should be organized that way, but it mo almost always has been. And in some respects, elites used to care about the underclasses, whether that was for selfish reasons because they were going to get revved. Or uh, because they had a sort of lingering fear of this or just, you know, 
some sort of institutional credibility that they wanted to pass down. They don't have that anymore. Well, because you wanted public spaces named after you. At a certain point, we just were like, oh, you can just pay us and we'll name anything. Yes. Yeah. You know. And, you know, it, hmm. no one is to blame in this scheme, right? It's just that all the incentives line up. If you have a child and you are concerned for their future, you're never incentivized to do anything other than what your job asks of you to do. And that's just as true of elites in the art world or in politics as it is of me or you. It's just that our yeah. circumstances fucking suck and theirs are fine. That's hmm. that's it. Our material conditions are worse and theirs are better. That's it. Yeah. So what question? So what who is going to which which clan of American uh, royalty is going to produce the most Habsburgian American Habsburg like little like claw hand and like shrunken head, you know, like ones that I feel like the Manils are that. Cause like another one died. Like they just keep like, they are, that's like a cursed family. And I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but it tracks. You know, I don't know. You would have to tell me about art world families. Cause I know less about this, but I really enjoy this question because I actually think this is sort of the most fun thing to contemplate about the future. Like, I don't mean like art world people. I just mean any sort of American dynasty. Well, because okay. there are many. Sure, sure. But one of the reasons that this is interesting right now is I, I hate to bring it up all the time, but we'll move real quick past it, is that this election's result was interesting. Like if Trump had won, the obvious answer to your question would be, oh, my God, fail son number one in the form of Don Jr. and inept grifters. That is the Habsburg future, right? But he didn't win. But he didn't lose by a lot either. So the competition is still stiff between Hunter Biden and Donald Trump Jr. as the future of America, if you want to think about it that way. I, because I think they're more archetypal than anybody in the art world. With the art world, it's a little different because that is still old, old money. They're still That's clinging the on money. That's what to, I mean, the, like... to the 18th century, practically. I think the, the yeah, real... newer, but... I think the real tension, though, it, some of it's newer, but the real tension is definitely between new money in America and medium old money in America. Old, old money is out of the picture. You know, they, old, old money don't give a fuck. They went through this cycle of uh, incestuous corruption back in the 60s. Like, remember scenes from Mad Men where, like, the men retiring at the country club are spending all their money and not telling their wives? Pete's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right? He was a Donald Trump Jr. He was a third or fourth generation fail son that fucking ruined the whole thing and spent the whole fortune. I mean, that is coming to the new money people. Mm. They're just too stupid to see it yet because their second generation already fucked it up. You know? By the time it gets to the third and fourth, they're going to implode. Imagine what kind of politicians we're going to have in 12 years. Imagine what kind of art we're going to have in 12 years. It's going to be horrible. Do you think the Brant kids can, like, spend usefully? I feel like no. And they don't really do anything. They're all models. They're just like, we just model. Well, that's what I was going like, to say, you... is I feel like some of the younger ones are, are going to think paintings are boring. Like, they might end up collecting some forms of digital art or something, but I don't even think so. I think their interest is going to be in social media influencing, um, which will inevitably narrow their audience. You know, and I, I just think all of all of these kind of all of these little pockets of wherever profit is left to be found are getting smaller and smaller. And the fail kids are too stupid to realize where they're big. The new money that's smart is 
Bezos is Zuckerberg is tech. And let's be real, they're not going to be having children. Oh, I guess I guess Mark Zuckerberg had a kid, right? He I don't know. I, mean, I don't maybe, know if like probably. someone just wet him at night. I don't know. Um, I mean, if if he has a kid, it came out of a bottle of Soylent. You know what I mean? They created that out of stem cells and uh, a gaming console. That's not a real child. <laughs> yeah, I I have suspicions there. Um, no, but yeah, I, I just keep thinking about the, the like. You can't when it comes to like art world collecting kind of side of things. You can't like unless you are the kind of rich where someone like sits you down and like it's your job to support the arts that's what we do that's your job start looking you will have money to spend but you have to do that that is what we have done um but i feel like a lot like when you see like oh yeah like there's a lot of events or um performance-based things at like oligarch funded like outdoor whatever the fucks you know like here's an outdoor museum situation like it's mostly because those kids like to party with those art kids because they went to the same like they all went to Brown together. Oberlin of it all, and they like were like, yeah, they have really good Coke dealers. They're great. You should look at their work. And it's like, oh, yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't really know what to say about that because I, I don't think that. Um, I think you touched on it before. I think the art collecting in the past was so you could get things named after you. If you can get things named after you without doing the rigorous work of uh, defining taste for the next generation then there's no incentive to define that taste and therefore you won't like the the reason that art shows are repetitive and collectors don't really collect with their eyes anymore they collect with their wallets uh, is for that reason exactly there's no incentive to change the game um, because the game is already won before it's began yeah so nobody collects new artists work really or they do but it's the dumbest shit well, it's like, the it's the retail collectors that are still interested in having a good eye. And by that, I mean you can get to a pretty high price point and still be what I would consider a retail investor as opposed to an institutional one. You're not a Manil, oh, yeah, yeah. but you're not a broke bitch, right? Yeah. So you're collecting Jamian's work, but you're not collecting Richard yeah. Sarah. But yeah, the you're people like that collect Richard Sarah and you can yeah. spend $10,000 a year or 20. Yeah. But you don't get to set the terms of anything, you know? That doesn't make anything more likely to show up in a museum or not. It's only if it gets bought by Peter Brandt that it shows up institutionally. Yeah. And with fewer and fewer of those people around, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, Well, what I'm saying is, like, they're, the kids are just going to, like, weirder and sometimes just more taste. Like, in that, like you said, in the Instagram of it all, like, they will just get, like, hot, hot shit. And we did see this for that, that period in 2010 and 2015. Like, oh, it looked good on Instagram, so I bought it. It's like... You're 22 and you just got your trust fund for art buying and you bought what? Okay. Noted. Um, so, and you would think that would be over, but I saw someone recently uh, signed to one of the four big blue chip places that I was in a crit once and I honestly thought someone dropped a rock on his head. So, there's no accounting for taste among the spendy youth. No, there's not. But I feel like it's worth qualifying that a little bit and saying, like, I, I don't I don't think that any of this is on the artists. Like, I think that's kind of similar to the victim blaming we were talking about before with the economists and student loans. I guess. Yeah. 
you know like i i honestly don't think it's artist's responsibility to be like smart or articulate or anything i think it helps i I would certainly rather be an artist that was able to explain what they were doing than one that simply like felt their way through it or whatever um but i don't think that like if people are making bad picks out of the pool of artists available that that has anything to do with the makers of the work no yeah so i think that's worth just spelling out really quick you know no, because that's fair. because it's that's e- because fair. it's easy to say that like oh that guy is dumb or whatever so therefore he doesn't deserve it it's like well no that actually says a lot more about the person that picked it that like they were like oh this is interesting and then they went and talked to that guy and thought it's still fine like that means yeah. you're a real dumbass or if you're worse yet if you were fooled by that dumbass somehow in the studio and you're like oh yeah that's brilliant or whatever like wh- where does that put you yeah where and does you're that... supposed to be in charge of society like the You're artist supposed to is choose just what we make history of. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the artist is in charge of a, a lonely room where they sit down and fantasize by themselves. Who gives a shit? There's no stakes to that. Like, so the, yes, the, the society makers, we should blame them. I mean, you, you know, can I say something real quick? Or you got, you got yeah. something locked and loaded because uh, you're, this is making me think of a text exchange I had with a friend like a few weeks ago talking about stuff we were talking about on the podcast. I forget what specifically, um, but they said to me, they were like, you know, so is the answer always just because capitalism? And I had to be like, well, yeah, it is, but it's more complicated than that. And I'm only mentioning that now because I feel like what we just got to in conversation is kind of a version of that, where I was self-consciously working really hard to do the because money thing. But at the end of the day, what we just described there as far as the conditions around like tastemakers and what their responsibility should be, plain to see where like what corruption does to a culture well that's why it matters that's why it's the answer there's only one percent at the top it's makes sense to blame them for stuff you know i mean you you truly just have to actually blame greed as a motivator rather than but i mean greed is caused by the game so who knows um i don't know i i do have to at a certain point there is a human element that touches all of it but also the money touches all of it because you could educate people to care about things especially if they come from a certain tax bracket like that could be a thing um well well there's that old saying you know that um it's i think it's from upton sinclair actually where he says it's impossible to convince a man of something that his paycheck depends on so uh, that's why I'm. this is true actually yes yes it does yeah so that's why I'm hardline kind of against that hearts and minds sentiment. Like, I think that is basically the small L liberal thing is if we just educated people, they would change their mind. And that's why they're all losing their minds right now, because still half the country voted for Trump and they just can't figure that out. The result of the election only is discontinuous with your world if you think you can change hearts and minds. I don't think that. I was saying a similar thing about the artist alone in their studio. You can't blame them for any of this because I don't expect to change their mind about anything. Hmm. I also don't expect to change the rich person's mind, just to be clear. Oh, I, mm, you can't. Like the, That was a kind of gimme. You put it very well when you said there's a human element that touches all of it. And that's right. You can never miss that. And a money element. They're in, intertwixed. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's not exactly. always just it's the money. It's, it's the people. The people and money and what they do with it. It's the way people interact with the money, but there's only one part of that that we can control collectively. You you follow me? You can control the money element of it with enough uh, 
organization. What you cannot control are individuals' actions and their interactions with that system. So you leave them be. I mean, that makes them sound like angry goose that you're trying to herd. You're just like, oh, that one, let them be, let them be. We don't, we don't fuck with that one, no. No, no, no. I, I, I meant it in the opposite way to not sound condescending. You let them be because you respect them. You don't let yeah, them no, be because not dissimilar some... than the fear of the duck, I mean, or the goose or whatever in this example. They're mm. not an other from you. They're just autonomous, and that's fine. Mm. So you let them be that way. It's the people with autonomy and power that are cynical that I don't respect. People with autonomy and a lack of power can do whatever they want. Oh, that that's kind of usually the case. You get to run roughshod all over, all over the place, but... Ironically, it's not the case, though, because that yeah. that positioning is a, is a really hard um, thing to convey. And it's hard to convey it succinctly enough to get people on board with that sentiment. You could try to sell them, but as we just saw, again, what we just saw two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it doesn't actually work. No, it doesn't. So. That's why that's why it's tough. That's why it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Also, did you sell it that hard? Like, I feel like also, like, you didn't, you didn't even sell it that hard. That's why it's like, meh. When you see, like, oh, more white women voted in the uh, in the negative uh, this round. It's like, well, yeah. They probably... Well, I mean, if, if you're talking about Joe Vibin, no, they didn't even try to sell anything. That was their strategy deliberately. It was like, we're actually not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you took this. It's like when, like you get like a new menu item and they're like, yeah, this is here, but we're not going to make an ad about it. It's not that good. Buy it if you want. Like, Oh my God. Here you go. That's what it is. I think it's no mistake that Baja Blast was taken away from Taco Bell around the same time that Joe Vibin took the presidency. It's a perfect flavor for, (laughs) yes, exactly. For our societal decay. The Baja Blast of it all. I was trying to do some alliteration. Baja blast Biden bankrupt <laughs> busting Biden. I don't know. Oof, oh my God. Baja Biden in a Tommy Bahama shirt. I can't wait for his first trip to Hawaii. I got a bad bandana from Tommy Bahama to. Oh, it's too bad that you're high. Cause I think normally you would have nailed this. But I could have been able to. Do now that. it's dead. Uh, uh, wait. We can we can end the uh, front part in a, in one second. But can I ask you something? Why yeah. were you Why were you thinking about all of this with the art world stuff? Was it just something that you read? What the? Yeah, asking me about the Economist and stuff, and then segueing into the the sort of art world nepotism. What 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 brought that up for you? The student loan. Oh no, that? I just I yeah, I've just been like all the, every news article that I like click like because I'm I don't look for news. It's delivered to me so you click on one and then you get five more but it, it seemed like a stream of like a couple in a row separate day wall street journal like things like hot takes and then it was like on an apple news and they're like oh people are feeling ways and i was like huh and then you just see this like article of like douchebag son is given a budget of x amount of dollars to spend and a salary i'm like he didn't do anything Right. Huh. The world is an unfair place, so it was like on my like list of things to talk about. There's something very ironic about the algorithm like spontaneously generating that juxtaposition. 
because that really is the perfect illustration of our societal tendency and all of its problems. Those two articles side by side. Hey, we can't forgive student loan debt because reasons and also fail son does a thing. Like those are basically the headlines that you're looking at right next to each other. And you're like, wait, it doesn't strike anybody at Apple news or anybody publishing these headlines that like a lot of people might find this really fucking offensive. And the answer is no, it doesn't. They're so out of touch. They don't, it doesn't occur to them. The, the algorithm is not offending anyone. It's the algorithm going like, hey, right next to each other. Interesting. You get interested right. in both, and you're like, like there should have been like a, you know, de-stressing tea ad right below it, just to be like, hi, you're ready to shit a brick. And it's like, yep, I am. All right, great. Like, how good are you, algorithm? Get me through the entire stages of right. frustration. Apparently, apparently, really good. Because that is what, you know, you're right. That is what it's doing. It's simply correlating the two things without sentiment. Perhaps that's like what's so, that's what's so shocking about it to me or whatever. Or, you know, it's an obvious insight, but that is the core of our societal problems is that we have math equations basically running people's minds on some level. Even smart people that are aware that that's what's going on like you. Because it does stick with you to see the juxtaposition, right? I let it wash over me yesterday because today is Cyber Monday, so it's Sale City everywhere. Oh, and I just let it wash over Monday. me last night, and a, an ad hit me, and I found the right thing, and I was like, you know what? It's under fifty dollars. Send it to send it to Papa. Like I just let the algorithm find the right thing for me, and I was like, yeah, we're doing that. Oh yeah. Well, we know you're a big fan of algorithm shopping. <laughs> it's not good though. It's so bad. It's the worst. It's the worst habit because it's so passive yeah it takes the sport out of it um all right you want to wrap it up you want to lock this one up okay yeah do we have what do we have we got patreon content email questions email something do we have an email yeah you're the one that set it up it's it's green and lewis at gmail it is yeah okay all right well, that's what it is. Or you just DM the Instagram <laughs> that goes right to my phone. Um, Ask Will how many milligrams his edible was. We'll answer it on 6. the next 25. <laughs> <laughs> Um Or if you have a hot take that you want to hear some... We get hot takes from people after they listen. How about just like give give us... Put something, fold up a topic in the fishbowl and send it to the DMs. Yeah, that would be great. We should... Yes, that should happen. If you if, want like a hot take jambalaya holiday extravaganza. Oh, see that that would be great. I would love to do a holiday episode where we uh answer or respond to people's queries. That's a really good idea. Please yeah, throw a topic. It we'll call it hot topic. A circle back to episode one. Yes. That perfect. That's awesome. And not the view, even because they have hot topics in the band. And it's mostly just like their hot topic is um uh, Ugh, being hand planets. Menopause. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, shut this episode down. Bye bye. <laughs>